You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I offered, offered. Speculation. You're a giver. Right. I offered to come off the bench for bonus scoops here. So I'd like to join bonus scoops, but it's your, this is your Tuesday. All you guys gather on Tuesdays for bonus scoop. And I, if I'm going to join, I can come off the bench and Judd's like, no, you go ahead. Take the ball up the court. It okay. is Declan's show. I'm, Judd and I just follow it. Declan's lead. Phil, if you want to be a part of it, great. It's good to see you. But I'm saying, like, you're you a giver. Too, like, when I think of people, you're either a giver or a receiver. Phil, in your case, you're a giver. So thank you for your presence. I'm not sure if, uh, <laughs> if I feel like feel like that was meant to, to tweet there. Interesting way, yeah. Um, all right, well, we were just talking Timberwolves, and I don't know. There's a bunch of different – I don't know how much of our last segment you heard there, Doogie, but let's start here, okay? Tim Connolly. Does doubling your paycheck wipe away the regret you feel leaving a team that's about to win a championship that that you helped build from 10 years ago? And he certainly did help build what I do think is going to be a championship team. With all due respect to Miami, heck, who am I to bet against Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat right now? But I do think ultimately Denver is going to win that final series that seems to be inevitable. I just don't think Boston is coming back from this 3-0 deficit. Okay, so Denver-Miami starts in what? Seven days, eight days? The NBA final schedule isn't going to fluctuate. So is game one like June 1st? Whenever it begins here, after the calendar flips to June, I do think the Denver Nuggets ultimately are going to win the title. So I am sure Tim has a little regret, but then he thinks about those big, fat paychecks. Yes, he wasn't making (laughs) close to $8 million per year with the Denver Nuggets. One thing I will debate you on, I heard your last segment. Are we sure the Denver Nuggets are in this position without Contavious Caldwell-Pope, without Bruce Brown, without Christian Braun? I'm not sure Tim Connolly makes any of those three moves. Does he draft Braun? Not convinced of that. I am pretty sure he is not trading Will Barton and Monty Morris to Washington for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I don't think he signs Bruce Brown. I'm just telling you, Phil, I am not convinced without those three guys that Denver yep. is in this position. So all credit in that case to Calvin Booth, who let's bring this full circle, should have been the Wolves higher in 2019 over I feel Gerson like, I feel Rosas. Like he's your guy. I feel like you've been you've been uh, telling us for like five years about Calvin Booth. and Because the, the, the first time you brought his name up was like probably 2018, somewhere in there. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah, yeah I mean, been, I, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Featured his daughter, who now transferred from the Gophers volleyball program to Wisconsin when she was at Benilde many, many, many years ago. And then when he transitioned to Denver, she finished her high school career in the Denver area. But yeah, I mean, I've known Calvin for a while, so admittedly biased. But I'm just saying, those moves. Now, don't get me wrong. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, right? The Aaron Gordon trade. Tim Connolly deserves credit. Although... Did you see the Mike Malone comments in The Athletic the other day where Malone, I'm paraphrasing slightly, 
but that Tim Connolly was tempted to blow things up in terms of trading Jamal Murray at some point. And Mike was like, no, let's continue with this process. Let's stay the course. So if Tim Connolly had his way, now he was the ultimate boss, right? So he could have had his way. So credit to Tim for listening to dialogue, listening to Mike Malone, others with the Nuggets. But like the insinuation that I got from reading those comments from Mike Malone was Tim Connolly was very interested in trading Jamal Murray a few years ago for some superstar. I don't know if that was James Harden at the time. Maybe it was Kyrie Irving. Rudy Gobert. Ooh. Maybe it was Rudy Gobert. Maybe Kawhi. Maybe Connolly. Maybe uh, it was Rudy couple. Gobert. Yeah. But so anyway, I'm just saying. I'm not, Towers thing one way or the other. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not convinced that the Nuggets are in this position without these moves that Calvin Booth made. So the missing piece is what you're saying for Denver was actually Tim Connolly leaving, and that allows <laughs> them, and that opens them up. What I'm hearing is an explanation of why they might be a championship team, and that involves pawning Connolly off on us, us poor saps again. Hey, let's not forget, Michael Porter Jr. finally stays healthy. Jamal Murray healthy, right? I mean, if Tim had some of those things go his way the last couple of years, maybe what we're seeing now would have happened a year or two prior. Let's not forget, in the bubble, Denver made an unreal run. So, hey, when I look at Tim Connolly, he's made a lot of good moves. Look at the moves he's made with the Wolves outside of the elephant in the room, the Rudy Gobert trade. But Kyle Anderson, a top five, now it's a crappy list, but... When thinking about Wolves history, free agent signings, Kyle Anderson, top five, perhaps even top three. The Mike Conley Jr. Nikhil Alexander-Walker trade for the benched now D'Angelo Russell, second consecutive postseason. D'Angelo put on the bench. Are the D'Angelo Russell stands? Are they still aggressive on social media right now? Or have they calmed down a little That's bit? That's a tough scene right now, the last 24 hours. It's a very, quiet. very tough scene. Dude, yes. I had a guy, there, there was a guy, I swear to God, he was... This is a couple of games ago. Are you sure it's Twitter's a guy? Like we don't even know. Are you sure it was a guy? I don't know. A bot or something. Yeah. Who knows what it was. But this person or this bot, their handle was something like D'Lo Hive, and they were just, just going in on how unlistenable our show is, which I don't disagree sometimes. But <laughs> I don't it disagree. Just, <laughs> I checked after game three. I, I was going to go back and clap a couple of these, uh, these D'Lo defenders. Changed his or her Twitter handle to something completely different, something LeBron related. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. You D-Lo defenders are, are bailing on your Twitter handles now. Bunch of cowards. Six points per game in that Nugget series for a $30 million max player. Let me nice make sport. this very, 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 very clear. Tim Connolly never had interest. Whatever you think of Tim Connolly, he nailed D'Angelo Russell. He knew. I am not extending D'Angelo Russell, especially for the money he wants. I need to move on from D'Angelo Russell, right? So that Conley Jr. Nikhil Alexander-Walker trade, that's a plus. Drafting Josh Minot in the second round, plus. Wendell Moore Jr., I still think he has a future as, you know, maybe an eighth or ninth guy, you know, rotation piece on a pretty good team, right? So that was the first round pick. I just, I'm saying, you look at the totality of Tim's moves outside of the Colbert trade, right? Like a lot of good things. The man knows what the heck he's doing. Put it that way. Hoops heads, question. Chris Finch is Chris Finch is not going to be fired. He's going to be this team's coach. But as two guys that love the National Basketball Association, here's my question to you. Are the Wolves potentially, and again, bad timing, missing out on some really good coaches by the fact that we have, you know, 
We've got a few of them now, including Nick Nurse out there. So I'm not asking you, would you fire Finch? I'm saying, is is there going to be an opportunity lost here in your minds because there are, you know, we don't get this quality of coaches unemployed every summer. Well, I mean, if you're asking me if I would rather have Monty Williams as the Wolves coach compared to Chris Finch, yes. And yeah, I like too. Chris. I think he's an innovative yeah. offensive mind in many, many ways. But I just think Monty Williams is a top five coach in the game. I'm also not convinced when you look at Monty Williams, he will have options. Nick Nurse will have options. Why are those guys choosing Minnesota over Milwaukee, over Phoenix, over Philadelphia? Now, James Harden likely leaving in free agency. So maybe you look at Philadelphia slightly different, but you have Embiid, you have Maxi. There's a lot to like still about that Philadelphia core. Perhaps even Boston. Do the Celtics make a move? I think they do. On their coach, right? But to me, Judd, there's always going to be a guy available. Like if they make a move on Chris Finch this time next year, there will be somebody. Is Ty Lue this time next year still the coach of the LA Clippers, right? We can go up and down the list. Somebody and inevitably would be available. Anthony Edwards, if he keeps ascending, will be a magnet for a good coach. So agree on I, that. I, I agree yes. with Duke. I'd rather have Monty Williams, but I don't think this is what's tough. You know, it, for so long, we evaluate Timberwolves seasons for the majority of the last 20 years as, wow, this steaming pile of garbage that won 24 games, It's the, the, the decisions are easy. You clearly need to make a big move in free agency or a big trade or a fire of the coach or whatever it is, right? When the team goes to the playoffs for the second year in a row for the first time in 20 years, and they win 40-plus games, and they do it with injury problems, and Chris Finch, the year before, coached up the highest-scoring offense in the NBA, the the moves are much less obvious as to what they should do. And so I would argue that as much as last summer was one of the most talked-about trades in NBA history for Tim Connolly, this summer is a much harder Rubik's Cube. Do Do you make a move? Do you run it back? If you make a move, what move do you make? Do you sell Gobert for 25 cents on the dollar? Is it a mistake, like you just asked, to keep Chris Finch when there's other options? I mean, this is actually a much harder chessboard now than it was probably a year ago for Tim Connolly. And because of those challenges, Phil, everything you just brought up, I can see them just running it back. That's the easier course versus blowing it up in some capacity. In my conversation with owner Glenn Taylor last week, for what it's worth, Glenn said, hey, I'd like to run this thing back. I'm paraphrasing those comments slightly, but like he's not inclined to trade Carl Anthony Towns. He never has come close to firing Chris Finch. You think about all those double-digit leads lost. Now, is that a pattern? We saw it three times in the fourth quarter of the Memphis playoff series a year ago. Then those issues carried over into the regular season. All those losses to the Pistons, the Blazers, the bottom feeders of the league, right? The Rockets, the Spurs, the Wizards. What are the chances that happens again? They did have a top 10 defense for the first time in, what, 19 years, 20 years, right? So there's some stuff to build upon, right? That top 10 defense, hopefully maintaining health. I mean, outside of Edwards and Jada McDaniels until he punched the wall, just about all those guys missed double-digit games. Clearly, Cat missing 50-something games. Torian Prince missing, what, 28 to 30 games. But even Jordan McLaughlin go up and down the list. Jalen Noel, right? And we can debate the kind of year Jalen had. But point is, a lot of guys were out. Kyle Anderson had some issues where he missed some games. Rudy Gobert had some issues where he missed some games. So why not potentially run this thing back, hopefully maintain health? The Western Conference... Remains a jumbled mess, right? Like Memphis. A lot of question marks right there, right? 
New Orleans, a lot of question marks. Yeah, Denver's going to be really good again next year. Heck, LeBron, do I really think he's going to retire? Probably not, but him just dropping that hint late last night after the Lakers' loss. Right, so you start looking at the landscape of the Western Conference. Can Kawhi and Paul George actually stay healthy with the Clippers? I really like the Clippers when they're fully healthy, but I don't know. There's now a deep pattern of those guys not being able to play sustained stretches. So I'm just saying, if you look at the landscape of the Western Conference right now, heading Mm -hmm. into next year, to me, there is a path, a legit path to finishing top four. Hey, Dukes, to Phil's point, too, about, and yes, Conley's in charge. I totally get that. Um, What do you know about, though, because I don't think it gets discussed enough, probably, and I am certainly not clear. Like right now, we sort of have this parallel. Glenn still owns the team, but Mark and A-Rod certainly have a say in things. Do you know how this works right now? So like when Conley wants to do something, potentially make a big move, because Glenn still owns the team or has majority interest, can he kill a cat trade? If Mark and Alex say, no, we want that trade to be made, will Glenn cave on that? Like, I'm just curious how how this works, because to what Phil was saying, I would think at some point in time that the odds of them standing pat are more likely if everyone still has a voice, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, Glenn has final say. Glenn is the majority owner this summer. So, yes, if there is a cat trade in place, if the Portland Trailblazers make an unbelievable offer or the Dallas Mavericks or the New York Knicks, Tim Connolly would then bring it to Glenn and say, okay, I'd like to make this move. Do I have your approval? Now, knowing Glenn well enough, you know, Glenn may say something to me on a podcast. Do I think in the end, like he's going to be some sort of roadblock? If Tim says, I really feel like this is the right move for the organization. This is the move we have to make. Here's why we have to make the move. I think Glenn ultimately would give Tim permission. I really do. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, Real quick, before we get to some more bonus scoops here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, let's say hi to our favorite dog and pet food, Dex. Nutrisource, (laughs) Nutrisource chicken and rice. Maya Mackie always gets a big silly grin on her face and hops up and down in slow motion when uh, when it's time to dive into the Nutrisource. And I know that that, uh, the other dogs on this show love themselves some Nutrisource, too. Look at Maya. and I love the slow mo too. What an athlete she is too. What an incredible like, the, the lick, very strong. The lick, on the, exactly lick in right. the mouth is the best part. <laughs> I was I was chastised this morning by Stella, my dog. I was barked at because I didn't jump to it and get the Nutrisource in the bowl quick enough. Wow. That's where we are right <laughs> now in our relationship. Pop Pop used to be one, but now he's three behind Nutrisource breakfast and dinner and the training rewards. And I would imagine that the Vinster feels the same way about you, Doug. Yeah, Vinster, you know, he keep playing fetch, you know, in, in the suburbs right now. And, and every time he comes back, he gets his treat. So he knows he gets the ball, comes right back, drops it, sits, and he gets a little treat for it. So he gets his exercise, gets his treats in. Nutrisource making uh, my dog a very happy boy. Yeah. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Dot com. Also, uh, it's golf season. The Meadows at Mystic, one of the best golf courses you're going to find in the upper Midwest. Yeah. Dex's golf is dressed like a golfer today. I Look am. at him. I got my Travi Matthew on. Okay, I, I, I actually might be oh, upgrading wow. from the Puma to the Travi Matthew, which is a big 
upgrade probably in the golf game, especially for the cost. But it, damn it, I look good in it. And uh, it's Memorial Weekend. So <laughs> if, if you're maybe taking the long weekend and you're taking Monday off, go check out some tee times. GolfTheMeadows.com to do so. It's one of the best uh, golf courses around. Go to GolfTheMeadows.com to secure that tee times at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. We just showed that right. clip again of Declan nailing that putt at the Meadows in Mystic Lake. I'm still convinced that took about 12 it, takes. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious. It was it was one take. I was hyped up on cough medicine because I was proposing to my my uh, fiance that later that day or the next day. So I, I was just put some cough medicine in me and I can drill ten feet putt. I get ten <laughs> foot putts, putts. I guess. <laughs> and she's still Ooh, she's still in. Needs. And she's shockingly she hasn't, she hasn't changed her mind in. yet. Declan? No, I just got a note. I have to go pick up some wedding bands actually next Thursday. Ooh. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Look at you. You're out, right? Moving on up. Yeah, you're out. We're still you're out. Yes, we're very proactive on this planning. Doing a really good job. I just wait. I wish you were the we, same I mean way here her. at Score North. Yeah, I mean, by, by, by we, wow. I mean her. She's she's doing a lot more of the work. Wow. Doogie like comes into our house and shots. Doogie comes into our house and starts laying the... Oh, my goodness. How dare I? After you guys accommodate my, you know, busy, busy schedule. We normally don't yeah, we record here at 10.50 in the late Your morning. Your kids are getting in the way of this show. They and are. That's not yeah. Well, they're high maintenance. There's no debating that. Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a spark clear alignment treatment and a trip for four to Wisconsin Dells from Park Dental. Door number two has a custom closet system from the Minneapolis Closet Factory. Ah. And behind door number three, $10,000 in groceries from Cub. Ah. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Um, Speaking of uh, high maintenance, I'm kind of done with some of these ridiculous Rocco Baldelli moves. So last <laughs> night, what kind of mental gymnastics need to be done to pull Alex Kirloff? So Alex Kirloff, is just, he's, a pl- Ridiculous. he's a platoon yeah. guy. He's mm-hmm. a platoon guy. There are human <laughs> element factors that need to be considered here. Like, what does Alex Kirloff think of not being able to just stay in a game for nine innings because, oh, they're bringing in a right. mediocre lefty. We can't have you face a lefty. And I just want to be very clear about one thing, okay? And I tweeted this. That decision... All you old-timers like me, don't blame analytics. Righty-lefty, lefty-righty is not it, – it splits. They've been around, <laughs> as I tweeted, since the polo grounds, okay? So this is not some type of advanced, like, ph- philosophical viewpoint. This is a dumb decision that has been done by guys going back to Walter Alston at times. That's what drove me crazy. This wasn't some, like, oh, they know something we don't know. You know, it's a hidden in the, the spreadsheets. They got cute with a very old school decision, and on Kirilov, that is stupid. That was. I mean, now Kyle Garlic comes in and hits the home run, right? I don't care. But yeah, yeah don't <laughs> mind bleep with with Alex, right? Leave him in the lineup. We're talking about Sean Mania, who the Twins have tried to acquire, by the way, in the past. But you know, he's yeah, Phil mediocre at best. We're not talking about even if he was well, last a top night five he lefty. Was apparently, yeah, Johan last night Santana he was Johan Santana in his prime. You're right, but. Don't do that. I didn't like it. Didn't Don't like it react at all. to it. This is where it's like, again, there's a human element, and I am as analytics guy as you're going to find. Love me some spreadsheets, okay? But 
when you tell your team, okay, oh my God, they brought in a lefty, even though it's not a very good lefty. Guy has a seventy ERA this year. He's never. I don't think he's ever been on an All Star team. Like he's just. He's just. He's a guy. He's in Major League. Yeah, so I'm telling you, the Twins have tried to acquire him in the past. So this front no. office has liked him. Well, he used to be good. Okay, so we're going to bring this guy in. Does it warrant a reaction from the manager? To me, it should. It should just be. All right, whatever. The Giants tried to pull the fast one there. They tried to trick us with their opener, and now they're bringing in a lefty. And you know what we're going to do? Nothing, because we are better than the Giants. That's the message you should convey on a human level to your team. Not, oh, God, let's pull, <laughs> literally pull two of our starting. They pulled Julian before he did anything in the game. He didn't have enough best. Now you've burned two hitters and position <laughs> players for you know the next two hours. If you need to go to your bench, you're down two guys because you overreacted to Shamanai. It's just, it's like, God, consider the human element once in a while, twins. That's all I ask. Well, emphasis on the twins, by the way. It's not like a singular decision by Rocco. There's a lot of fingerprints on those decisions. Those decisions were made hours before, right? They laid out a couple different hypotheticals. When, in all likelihood, Manaya was going to enter the game, how long he may be in the game, right? And so they played that card. But they had talked about that at 3.30 in the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That wasn't something made on the fly at 6.55. But why would Alex, like, to, to me, the Kirloff portion is the talker. That is the talker. Julian's a little bit disturbing, but Alex yeah. Kirilov is Leave one of Kirilov your best. in there. Yeah, like he, he, I don't yes. care what, I don't care. It's a lefty, it's a righty, it's it's a guy who's ambidextrous and throws two baseballs at once. Alex Kirilov doesn't come out. Yes, like once he starts, he just plays. That that's unless I I was afraid he was hurt, and, and I'm like that's really weird. Yeah, I I thought that too. Like, well, maybe he's maybe there is something injury related. But so his his career platoon splits are basically even against lefties and righties. And this year, they've only given him, like, I think nine plate appearances against lefties. He's got a home run. He's, you know, his, it's again, it's pretty similar. There's nothing in his career in the major leagues that would show you, oh, God, there's like a 200-point difference between his OPS against righties and lefties. Just leave him in. He's one of your, there, there's going to be three or four or five guys on the team that should just play, even if there's a little bit of a drop-off. It's not worth I'd love to know in private what Alex Kirilov thinks about this. That's all I will say. We know Sonny Gray popped off a couple times about their philosophies. I mean, he did it to you guys, Channel 5. He just he like, did. He was asked an innocuous question last year, and he was like, let me tell you a few things that are going on around here. Yeah, that was with my colleague <laughs> Joe Schmidt. Yeah, I don't think Alex would do that on the record behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, how would you not be as a competitor? How would you not be frustrated? I don't think he'll ever verbalize those thoughts, though. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, this is your episode, you guys. Where else do you well, want to Well, a little bit more twins. So, session? Caleb Thielbar, the initial thought was when you think about bullpen pecking order, who do you trust? Okay, Duran, probably Lopez second. Is Brock Stewart third? But, like, to me, when For Caleb now. Thielbar is healthy, I might put Thielbar above Stewart. So, you really miss Caleb Thielbar right now. You think about the six games in Southern California. The Twins at different points had leads in all of those games, right? But end up going two and four. So you miss Caleb Fieldbar. So the hope was he would be back this week, that oblique injury. But he needs a little bit more time. So do not look for Caleb Fieldbar to be activated during this homestand. Max Kepler, I watched him take BP early yesterday. He was out on the field about 2, 215. And he looked good. So you think about his hamstring injury. He's eligible to come off the injured list. It's either today or tomorrow. So, you know, just the optics suggested he is ready to go as soon as the Twins 
want to make that move. Hilberto Celestino, who's on the 60-day injured list with a thumb injury. You think about, like, last night, at one point, Phil, was the outfield Taylor Castro Garlic, right, for a stretch? You think about that was the outfield. So even though Celestino, probably not a big leaguer right now, more a triple-A player, a depth-type guy, like, you know, based on injuries and all that, like maybe Celestino does have a spot at different points on the 26-man roster. So anyway, he's eligible to come off the 60-day at some point here, you know, in the next week or two. He'll need a rehab assignment, all that. He's not joining the Twins anytime real soon. But watching him take swings, it looks like he's ready to start that rehab assignment pretty quick. Dukes, I know you got to run here to get to uh, OTAs, but yesterday on Mackie and Judd, we discussed a very reckless trade idea. Reckless speculation. Involving Shohei Otani potentially coming to the Twins. Well, Do you say no to this idea. Let me, let okay, me just let me give, give, you, me. Let me give yeah. the names here. I've got okay? the pen. Because I let got, me write it down. I, I got, at least, at least a half of these guys. Half of these guys said, oh, no, I can't, I can't trade 22 rolls for the best generational baseball player this half game has seen guys. in 20 years. All right, so oh, pending free guys. agent Shohei Otani <laughs> to the Twins for... Bryce Lewis. Lewis, okay. Brooks Lee. Lee, okay. And then, you know, fill in prospect eight and number 10 on the organizational Simeon chart. Woods, Richardson. Simeon Woods, Richardson, and, you know. And then that out, that 19-year-old outfielder. No, 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 not that outfielder. No, no, no. So you're giving up Rodriguez, the outfielder, Lewis, Lee, and potentially sure. Simeon just, Woods, we're Richardson? Just we're, we're just having idea. a conversation yeah, no, no, with no, no. the Angels That's too right much. now. Yeah. No, no. Yep. And, hey, the Twins yep. tried... Like heck. Oh, sorry, Dex. To yeah, sign Shohei Otani. This front this office loves. Let me stress this. This front office, how would you not, based on his now major league success, but even before he entered the majors, this front office loved Shohei Otani. Trust me. They would love to find a way to acquire Shohei Otani. Do I see a scenario where Shohei Otani ends up here in Minnesota? No, I struggle to see that. Mm. Okay. No, go ahead, Dex. You and I wouldn't do that, by the way. I would not yeah, give up all that. of. Don't, Lewis don't give up now. Lee. Declan just like faded back into his chair. Go down, great go down fighting. Go down taking an L right now. I'm not it's, taking an L. You, you might be able to convince me. No, it's not an L. It's an it's opinion. Not an no, and, it's and not an L. He told me he also had to run at 11 o'clock. I mean, they have enough the middle infielders, right? <laughs> yeah, I need to get out to Vikings, Jed. I'll see you out at, at TCO here in a sec. But no, I'm not giving up Lewis and Lee, and I'm just telling you, I'd be surprised on that. We know the Twins are going to acquire at least one reliever, if not multiple. I said it a couple weeks ago. The work is already underway. Lots of internal talk, but they've planted seeds with other organizations. Wow. So when thinking about, it soon. is it late July or early August for the trade deadline this year? Last year, wasn't it like August, August 2nd or August 3rd? I don't know if it's July 30th. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's July 30th, July 31st, August 1st. But trust me, seeds have already been planted. The Twins are going yeah. to be active at the deadline. They are going to be buyers. But Otani would surprise me. Oblique muscle strains don't heal. They take forever. They just don't count on. Well, I mean, that's go yeah. out and get yeah. a southpaw. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just telling you, there was early optimism on on get Caleb. Me a southpaw. Yeah, it's still going to be a bit, you know. And at this point, he yeah. may need a rehab assignment after, you mm-hmm. know, after he returns. He may need to go pitch in St. Paul or somewhere for a little bit before he rejoins the Twins. So, just very unfortunate that Field Bar is out right now. I've already been scouting pitchers that have uh, fairly significant arm injuries that the Twins could potentially trade for. So. <laughs> Yeah, who's on the IL? I'm just googling partially torn blank yep. UCL labrum with team control. The, with team with control. Team control, exactly. Very important. Yep. No, or or not Mally? I, I, he he had some. Well, no, he yeah, did. No, he did though. He did have team yeah. control. Now he doesn't anymore. He's I'll give you a name right though. In. They tried to sign him in 2020. The guy that started for the Giants last night. I can't imagine the Giants are contenders in July. 
to the Giants seem like logical sellers? I wonder if John Brebbia makes some sense for this front office. The opener from last night? Yeah. He's yeah, the Chargers tried to sign him Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Amazing. I know. Just All one right. name to keep an eye on. Araldis Chapman, to me, would be a oh. guy you'd have to have some interest in. I don't know specifically if the Twins have spoken sure. with the Royals yet, but mm-hmm. to me, Araldis Chapman would make a lot of sense, too. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, I got to get up to Egan. Bonus scoops. Yep, we'll see you All later. Right. Okay, see ya. There see you out are. there. All of the bonus scoops there. And then the reckless speculation scoop session on Thursday. Judd, you got to get out with your field goggles to OTAs. Yep. 494, clear out. Seriously, clear out. Get out of my way. The Chevy <laughs> police, Cruises, police the Chevy Cruises coming through. Evening. Cops, Bloomington Cops, move it over. Afternoon, you know what I want? I want an escort. <laughs> That's what I want. I want a police escort out to the Vikings. I can get there very quickly then. Yeah, I think uh, I think someone needs to hook you up there. We, so maybe somebody on the Purple Daily Leadership Committee can organize that. So, all right, we'll do uh, we'll do a little a little late in the afternoon Vikings OTA recap on Purple Daily tomorrow on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd predictions and accountabilities. See you.